Up in the morning at the crack of dawn Down to the kitchen with my long johns on Get out the skillet, put the flapjacks on I'm a-goin' fishing Take a deep breath of the morning air It'll chase your worries and lose your cares Grab your rod and I'll meet you there I'm a-goin' fishing Jeff Perrin on the Fly Fisher's Place in Sisters, Oregon, since 1991. And he has fished the rivers and lakes of Central Oregon for much longer than that and knows a thing or two about fly fishing. His weekly fishing reports at flyfishersplace.com are the best in Central Oregon. This month, we'll talk about angler etiquette on our rivers and lakes. Jeff Perrin, welcome back to the Radical Songbook Podcast. Hey, thanks, Michael. Good to be here. And um, uh, really, you know, I think this is a really important conversation today. So thanks for the idea. I, I think you got it from reading one of my recent fishing reports and and uh, and offered this as as a possible solution to to get the word out about uh, how you know how we can treat each other better out on the water. Absolutely. That is where I came up with it. I read your fly fishing report. And according to Emily Post, etiquette is a code of conduct, like stuff like uh, chew your food with your mouth closed or say excuse me when you sneeze. Um, what's etiquette about when we're out on the water? Well, I think we could look at it in a couple of ways. I, I think there's there's kind of an overall etiquette about being out with, you know, how we treat um, everything um, on the water, including the fish, including the the water itself and the land around it. But but this particular conversation, so it doesn't last all day. I think is is just going to be focused on etiquette between people that are going to encounter each other around the water. And so I'm going to discuss this in three parts today. I'm going to talk about um, you know etiquette on a stream or river, um, and then. Um, etiquette on how boats encountering walk and wade anglers, um, how that might look. And then I'm going to uh, finish off by talking about um, etiquette around docks, ramps, and parking lots that uh, obviously a lot of anglers are going to use both on, on rivers like the McKenzie or the Lower Deschutes and, and also um, pretty much on any of the lakes. So those are those are all places where, you know, tempers can flare um, if, if somebody's misbehaving. Um, you know, and, and people, you know, you just, that's just not what we want when we're out there fishing, right? We want, want peace and harmony and, and we go to these places to experience that. And so knowing how to play by the rules, um, is just going to make everybody's experience a little bit better. So, um, I think I'll start with, with, uh, with streams and rivers. Um, and probably the, the number one thing that, that I would say, is going to keep people happy is is giving people space. And um, one of the things that, that I like to think about when giving people space is take your longest or your longest average cast for the fishing situation that you're in. Um, you know, for most people on a river, you know, um, that, that may be probably about 40 feet, might be 50, you know, um, and, uh, and then, <clears throat> multiply that by two, um, considering that another angler that's coming either downstream or upstream of you um, could be fishing the same distance. You don't want your lines to overlap. If your lines are overlapping, that means you're, you're essentially fishing, you know, over the same fish, and then nobody wants that. Um, but also, if your lines are overlapping, there's a 
potential for, you know, tangling up lines and flies and, and somebody has to, you know, reel the other person's in to get it all untangled. Again, nobody wants that. So if you, you know, if you look at, 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 you know, fishing the Metolius or the Crooked River, for example, and you're figuring, you know, gosh, my average cast here is, is 30 feet. Let's just say I'm occasionally extending one to 40 feet. The person above me and below me is doing the same. Boy, that would, that would kind of create a, a spacing of about 80, maybe a little bit more than 80 feet between each angler. Um, and I think that's a really fair distance to, to give people, um, when they're fishing, you know, fishing a, a spot. Um, I think that the other thing is, is that we need to honor anglers who arrived at the water first. Um, and, 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 and this, I can give you an example of something that recently happened on the Metolius, and, and I mentioned it in the fishing report, and this is how this conversation got started today. I was fishing an eddy um, that has two access points to fish a different angle for the same fish. Um, and I was there first. Um, I was in the midst of, of changing flies, and suddenly I hear from the other side of some thick bushes, um, line being pulled off of a reel and then suddenly a, a cast going into the uh, same water that I was fishing from just a, a different part of the same eddy. I, I I asked the person on the other side of the bush if they saw me. I said, hey, do you, do you see me? Oh, yeah, I saw you. But, uh, but this is a different spot. And I'm like, well, it's not really a different spot in terms of just being able to come fish it. It's just a different angle. We can't fish over the same fish. Um, and, you know, we're only talking about a 15 to 20 foot cast there. Um, so really a fairly easy cast minus the fact that you're casting around trees and, and willows that are, that are a little bit tricky. But it's just, it's just a simple matter of looking at that water and going, okay, that guy is fishing over two or three fish right in front of him. I can't really go in and, and fish over those same fish. So, you know, being able to honor the person that was there first, um, I think is a really important uh, way to approach fishing around other people. Um, so, so, so what happened in that situation? So, uh, when, when, you know, I was polite with the person. I said, hey, look, we're fishing for the same fish. He said, well, I, I don't agree with that. You know, in his opinion, it was, there were two different places to fish the water. Um, I don't think he, you know, ever thought about the fact that even though, yes, there are two trails that go to the same water, if you're fishing for the same fish, it's, it's not the right thing to do. So hopefully, right. hopefully uh, the education there was, was something that he'll think about in the future. You know, the last thing I want is the, owner of a fly fishing store, a well-known fly fishing store to go out on local waters and to start, you know, making people upset with me. Um, right. But I'm not, I'm, I'm certainly not at all against um, being able to, you know, provide some education for people so that their experience and the experiences of others that are going to be fishing around them uh, improves in the future. Pay attention to the direction of the other angler um, and, and know which way they're traveling or which way they're working the water is, is a way, you know, a way to look at that. You know, don't low hole a downstream angler and don't high hole an upstream angler. And typically, you know, over, over time in trout fishing etiquette anyway, the upstream angler always has had the, the 
um, the right of way. You know, that dates back to, gosh, probably a hundred years with, you know, fly anglers, fishing dry flies, working, working upstream through, through a, a beautiful river, through a run, the riffle, whatever. And, and, and the upstream person has always had the right of way. Um, it's just, is it an unwritten rule? I don't, I wouldn't say it's unwritten. It's, it's kind of a time honored tradition, um, to, you know, to honor, you know, such a traditional way of fly fishing. Um, so, so I would say that, you know, if you're looking at somebody that's fishing upstream, you know, and they're working a dry fly or even working a nymph with an indicator or, or Euro nymphs or whatever that, you know, you give them space and, and you kind of have to be able to, to read the water and, and look at, look at probably where they went in and look at what their ending point is. And if you don't know how to read the water, then you need to learn how to read the water. It's part of being on the, part of being on the, on the river with other people. You, you need to be able to understand that if, if Michael Funky is, is in this beautiful run on the, on the Crooked River, um, and you can see where he's, where he's kind of in the middle of it, you can also probably be able to tell where he's going to end. And that may not be very far, you know, might only be another 20 feet up. But but don't crowd that water space out um, and and let that person, you know, finish over those fish that are going to be in that run and, and really experience it. And then, you know, really the right thing to do at that point would be for you to move on. And if the, if the next person that was watching you kind of waiting and wanting to get in there wants to go in, they they can they can then approach that uh, same water and, and come in after you. But but that that not only gives you space, it honors you who arrived at the spot first, and it provides an understanding of, you know, um, the direction that you were going and, and the, you know, the, the way that you were working over that, uh, that piece of water. So I think that's, that's really, really important, um, you know, really important uh, etiquette. Um, and then finally, um, I had on my list, you know, and flying girls are usually pretty good about this, um, but it, you know, pack it in and pack it out. You know, don't leave garbage of any kind when you leave to go home. Um, sadly, I wouldn't say that fly anglers are are perfect at it. You know, you see leaders and you know tippet uh, um, packaging. You see strike indicators, and um, sometimes you see you know beer cans, and and uh, you just kind of shake your head and you're like, you know, who are these people? And 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 sure as heck. Never, ever, ever leave a cigarette butt, you know, around the, around anywhere. Don't even throw it on the curb and, and bend, but for crying out loud, never smoke a cigarette butt and stamp that thing out along the side of the bank of a river and, and leave that cigarette butt. Um, I, I think I've read somewhere that a one cigarette butt pollutes seven gallons of fresh water. Um, so if you can imagine how many cigarette butts that are out there in the world laying on the ground, how many gallons of fresh water that's polluted. Um, it's just ridiculous. And those, you know, I, I just never understood smokers who want to leave a cigarette butt behind for others to look at and, and have to pick up later. It, they're not biodegradable. Um, that thing's full of fiberglass and chemicals. Um, so for, for crying out loud, it's, it's litter. Um, it's one of the things that really bothers me most when I see, uh, cigarette butts being left along the river or docks or boat ramps. It's, it's, uh, it's ridiculous. So, um, so next uh, on my list was 
you know, boaters uh, giving wade anglers space. And I, I think that this, this comes into play um, on, on rivers, uh, but also on lakes. You know, some of the lakes like uh, East Lake and, and certain areas of Polina, you will see, um, you know, anglers fishing from the bank or, or wading along the shoreline. Um, and as, as we might be moving along with our, with our motors, um, or oars, um, I think it's, it's important to, to see those, to see those anglers that may have worked a little bit harder to get to those, you know, hard to get spots and they're, they're there. Hey, we can, we can reel up and, and again, give them their, their casting distance space times two and then start fishing again once we get around them. And, and, uh, you know, when I see bank anglers, um, you know, I'll have my people kind of reel in, um, and then, and then really work myself out away from that shoreline, you know, maybe 75, 80, even a hundred feet really give that person a lot of, a lot of berth, um, to enjoy their space and then, and then work my way back in towards the shoreline where I, where I might've been fishing before and, and, uh, and that just, just works great. You know, try to, I also try to really make sure that I'm not, you know, causing a wake, um, when I'm going by people. Um, you know, the, the one, the one thing that, that, um, weight anglers need to understand though, let's just take for instance, a an area, you know, down in, on the lower chute, say around Mecca, which is a popular spot, right? Um, you know, getting down around Mecca, and, and, you know, maybe a boat, you know, boats already there at a favorite gravel bar. Somebody walked down from the parking lot at Mecca campground. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of those walking wave guys, uh, suddenly feel entitled. Hey, I walked a mile and a half. Your boat's here. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to fish just right above you here, or right below you here. And, and again, that just goes back to all that stream fishing etiquette that we talked about before. Um, that, you know, that's rude to do. The boat's going to move eventually. They were there first. Um, and it's important to, you know, give them their, their space and then you can come in after they're done. Um, but just cause you walk there doesn't give you any more right to, to have the whole, um, and I see that probably more in the Deschutes than any other spot. Uh, I'm sure other states probably, if somebody was listening to this in Montana or something, probably sees the same thing on some of those rivers out there. But it's it, it, to me, it's really, really important that, uh, um, you know, we give each other that space. And just because you walk there doesn't mean that you have the right uh, over the boat that was there first. Um, and then kind of moving on to, you know, um, boat ramps, uh, docks, um, and you know the that that area uh, around the parking lot of a of a boat ramp or dock um that that can be a pretty contentious area for etiquette and i i think it's a really really important um spot to talk about you know how we can how we can you know get along with each other out there so i i think first of all you know telling people how to learn how to be efficient and to be quick is is really important. You know that a lot of the docks have signs that are posted. You know you got a ten minute, um, you know ten minute time to to do what you need to do. Whether that's get your boat off of the trailer and into the water, car parked, and then and then you know get away from the ramp or the dock, um, or coming in at the end of the day, bring your you know all that in reverse. You know parking your boat, going and backing your trailer and 
loading your boat up and then getting it out of the way in 10 minutes or less is is a skill that I think a lot of people need to learn, um, and it's going to make a lot of people uh, happier that you're going to be, you know, uh, out and around uh, when you're out in these places. So one of the things that is really important is to prepare your boat in a staging area, uh, and that means not preparing your boat at the ramp. What And what does that mean exactly? Well, some of us use inflatable boats. Some of us use hard boats, whether they be aluminum or fiberglass or, or whatever. Um, but if it's an inflatable boat, you know, you're not going to pull down on the dock and start, you know, get out your your hand pump or even your, um, you know, your electric pump that you're going to connect to your battery or a, or a plug-in in your back of your truck or SUV. Yeah, that needs to be done back at the parking lot. So um, backing down to the water's edge and inflating the boat uh, is a total no-no. Um, with any boat, um, you know, being in the staging area away from the ramp and not blocking the ramp for those of us that are ready to, to go into the water, um, you know, being at the staging area, getting the straps of your boat undone, um, getting your oars uh, ready to go, um, anchors attached, uh, tackle, in, you know, out of, the, out of the vehicle and into the boat, coolers out of the vehicle and into the boat, um, motors and batteries secured um, and ready to go as soon as that boat's in the water, whether it be tied up onto a dock or or pulled over to the side of the, the water away from the ramp. Um, all those things are done not at the ramp. They're done in a staging area so that the ramp is not blocked so that other other people, other boaters are able to use that ramp um, while you're doing that stuff. Some of those things can take people. I've seen I've seen people take twenty to thirty minutes um, preparing an inflatable boat, um, and it takes a long time. And, and if you're blocking a ramp for twenty or thirty minutes, um, that's going to cause a lot of problems for a lot of other people. So we just don't want to do that. Once once the boat is launched, um, if there's a dock there, you're going to move uh, the boat down to the end of the dock and tie it up, and then go park. Um, and then that, of course, leaves room for other um, boaters to do the same thing so that you might get two or three boats, um, you know, launched at the same time, people parking. The efficiency of that um, is really polite. It's, it's great etiquette, right? Um, if, there's, if there's not a dock, say at Hosmer or at the Warm Springs boat ramp or down on McKinsey, um, you move your boat off of the ramp and to the side, uh, so that others may be able to back down um, with their trailer either to launch a boat or to or to put the boat back on the trailer at the same ramp um, while you're parking. So it, it, again, just increases the amount of, of boats going in and out at the same time. And sometimes this is never an issue. Sometimes there's nobody else around. But it's important to think about, you know, the busy summer times, you know, after Memorial Day, all of June, all of July, part of August. Um, the ramps get pretty busy around here. And so um, being able to, you know, be really uh, polite about about your usage um, is just a great thing to do for, for other, other users. This is about people-to-people -people etiquette. And remember that sound travels over water. Um, music and yelling are not nice ways to be sharing the experiences out there. Um, so we need to honor the, the traditions and the culture of the water that we're on. You know, I would say that most of the places that we fish, Michael, 
are, you know, 10 mile an hour speed limit lakes. They're not, they're not lakes that are going to have ski boats. They're not lakes that are going to have wakeboard boats or, or jet skis. Um, the party atmosphere at a, at a fishing lake is just, it's just not there. You know, people go, go fishing for peace and, um, a, a resemblance of quiet most of the time. Um, they didn't come to listen to the new Kenny Chesney album or, or Eminem album, which I've heard both played, um, out on the water. And it's just infuriating to me to, to think that people wouldn't respect other people's, you know, space by, by blasting music over, you know, a little speaker, whether that be one of these, you know, portable speakers like turtle box is constantly um i'm gonna i'm gonna call them out actually <laughs> turtle box is constantly they're not going to be sponsoring your show michael they're, um <laughs> turtle box is, is constantly uh putting ads on on these fly fishing sites you know bring your music to the water and every time i see or not every time but uh, several times i've seen this ad I was I was right on their you know their Instagram page or their Facebook page like music does not belong on the water at least loud like you're saying play your music loud on the water I say bullshit man I you know, that's just so rude to other people out there so you know a, a ten mile an hour speed limit lake um, is not a party culture lake if you want that go to Lake Havasu go to Lake Billy Chinook go to Lake Shasta. You know, those are places that you can go up and with your, you know, your wakeboard boat and, and sit in the sun and, and, you know, have a party. That's great. But, um, but Crane Prairie is not one of those places. Polina Lake is not one of those places. East Lake is not one of those places. So, um, you know, honor the traditions and the culture of the water and, and, and know it, know what that means. It's just a different, it's a different atmosphere for different places. So one of the, one of the things that I notice, um, you know, as you know, I'm not particularly shy about, you know, talking about issues and, and, you know, sometimes even bringing it up, um, you know, out there on the water or at the boat, boat ramp or whatever. So, I think if someone is genuine, you know, in talking to you about a problem, I think it's important that that we don't get offended by that, that we be humble and and take a moment to learn how to be better together. You know, if I'm saying to somebody, hey, you've you've been, you know, down there inflating your your pontoon boat for 20 minutes as a 10-minute ramp, and you have that that whole dock, you know, blocked here at at Eastlake, um... Um, you know, can you do that in another spot? Could you, could you just like, like move that boat off of the ramp and, and leave, you know, leave all your tackle there beside and go park so that I could use this ramp. I'm not attacking you. I'm trying to educate you. And, um, it seems like most of these kind of conversations, if you will, end up in kind of this unnecessary power struggle that doesn't have to happen. Um, you know, I think, you know, it's really important to, to, to kind of take a deep breath and go, okay, I can see, I can see both sides of this. Yeah. I, I, I mean, if I'm having to wait for, for an extra 10, 15 minutes, um, to be able to put my boat in the water to go to work or to go enjoy my day, doesn't matter which I, I enjoy working. So both, both, you know, I might not be working that day. I might just be fishing with, with a friend or with Tina, um, Tina's my friend too, but you know, um, 
you know, that's, that's just, that's just not the right thing to, to do down there. Um, if, 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 I, if I'm on the Metolius and, and I'm fishing a dry fly upstream and suddenly somebody fishing a, a big, you know, nymph system or streamer or something starts swinging down with a much longer cast into the, into the water that I have my fish rising, um, I'm going to say something. And, and that, that doesn't mean that we got to get in a fight over it. It just means that I'm, I'm trying to educate somebody into the right of way for, for what's commonly known as fishing etiquette. And, and that's, I think that's just the really important thing. We don't have to get in fights over etiquette. We can just really kind of learn from each other, be humble, take all these rules of advice. And, and as Central Oregon grows, um, and as, as fishing as an endeavor grows, um, I think that, that these are going to be more and more and more important, um, each time we go out into the water. So, um, hopefully people learn from this. Hopefully nobody's offended by any any of the things that we said, um, and and that you know we can just go out and, and be better to each other out there. That's that's really the most important part of this. Thanks a lot, Jeff Perrin, for joining me here on the Radical Songbook podcast. You're welcome. That was a good conversation today. I think really important. Thanks a lot. Okay. Thanks, Michael. Don't fish. Gone fishing, gone fishing today. Gone fishing, gone fishing, gone fishing, gone fishing my troubles away.